ask you when service started how many of you were glad to be here. About everybody said amen, right? And uh, and I'll, I'll say all the time that there's some that would love to be here that are that can't be here. But I know for a fact. Get this. Here's a statistic for you. you like statistics? Uh, there is one less person watching us online this morning. And you say, why does that matter? Because she's here. Sister Anna Harrison walked in on the second song, and I am proud to see Sister Anna. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad to see her. And I saw Sister Julie get up and go across the aisle and hug her. I don't know if she was hugging her or asking her for the money Anna owed her. I don't know what was going on there, but uh, <laughs> good to see you, Sister Anna. I love you, Sister. Good to see uh, people that hadn't been here in a while and hadn't been able to get out to be here. Praise the Lord for that. If you've got your Bibles this morning, we're going to continue, as I said earlier, in the book of First Peter. The book of First Peter. And when I started First Peter, I thought I could get through it in eight weeks, and uh, and it turns out that I'm more long-winded than I thought I was, and so we were we're not going to completely get through the book of First Peter uh, because we're going to have this sermon and then one more from First Peter next week, and then the two weeks after that I'll be preaching a Christmas sermon. So we're going to hit the fast-forward button just a little bit and skip ahead. Uh, to to First Peter chapter four verse number twelve. We'll take our text from First Peter chapter four verse number twelve, and so we'll we'll skip ahead there and get right into the reading of God's word. If you're there, First Peter chapter four verse number twelve. Let's all stand, and we'll do our reading. Verse twelve through verse nineteen. Peter says this, <clears throat> writing to the church. He says, beloved. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. He says, But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. Let's pray. Lord, we love You. And Lord, thank You for the privilege to be in Your house this morning. God, let us never take it lightly that we're here and able to gather in Your name to worship You and to serve You. And God, let us never take lightly the Word of God and all that it instructs and all that it commands us to do. And God, as we go into the sermon this morning, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself through this scripture, and that, Lord, you would be glorified, you would be lifted up, and you would be worshipped, and that people would grow closer to you, and then we can all 
leave better than we came. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 1 Peter chapter 4 is, uh, is, is a wonderful scripture, and I wish I had time to preach the entire, uh, the entire chapter and, and the entire book for that matter, but we just I'm going to run out of time. And so we get to this scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12. And he starts off with beloved, so obviously we understand the audience, we know who the, the people he's writing to is. He's writing to those that are believers. And he says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Now we see the words here, fiery trial. And then we go on to the next verse, and, and we're not we're going to read it, but then we see sufferings and then we go on down to another verse verse 15 and we again see the word suffer and then in verse 16 again we see the word suffer and then finally in verse number 19 again we see the word suffer if Peter had a topic here and Peter uh, as he wrote these he was inspired by the Holy Ghost and he was writing and, and so the word suffering or the topic of suffering came across his mind by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and so he began to write these things down. And he says, Beloved, he said, don't think it's strange when these fiery trials come to try you. And so over and over he mentions the word suffering. So if, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but, but if I would speculate and say that the theme of this is probably suffering, wouldn't you agree with that? Now I'll say this about suffering, that it's, it's something that nobody likes to do. If there's something in the Bible that, that we don't enjoy, something that's a biblical subject and something that, that we all deal with, it, it's suffering. And, and I, don't, I don't like to do it, do you? You know, we suffer through a lot of things, don't we? Some of you will go to work tomorrow and you'll suffer through the work day, right? How many of you just, just have, have had to suffer through a work day? I've had to do that sometimes. Sometimes you just don't feel like going and you just suffer through it. We think of suffering, we ask ourselves, well, what is suffering? It's, it's simply to go through something unpleasant or, or maybe a trial or, or something that, that we don't enjoy. We don't suffer through things that we enjoy. Now, when I go play golf, I enjoy playing golf. I don't suffer through the, the round of golf. The people behind me, they suffer because they watch me play and they're not real good. But we don't suffer through things that we enjoy. Some of you get this, believe it or not, some of you suffered through your Thanksgiving holiday. When you saw that certain family member pull in the driveway, what did you say? Oh no, they did come this year. I didn't think they were getting out. And, and so you, you put your head and down and you say, and, and you say, well, I'm going to have to listen to them. And you had to suffer through it. Some of you, like me, uh, enjoyed your Thanksgiving time. I, I enjoyed it, didn't you? I, I believe it was Sister Fannie Mae, and, and we were talking this morning. And she said, I like the food. She said, it's okay, but I just love getting together with people. I love the fellowship. And I, I'm, I was glad to see my family and those that I, I don't see as often as I normally do. And so I enjoyed that. I didn't have to suffer through it. But sometimes we suffer with something we deal with every single day of our life, whether we think about, it, uh, think about it or not, or whether it's personally on us, we will deal with suffering. The, the first thing I want to think about is there's, there's forces outside of our control 
things around us that, that, are, are, that we see that are suffering. I think about all these, these human atrocities that are going on. Recently, uh, I, I was talking to Shaley, and, uh, and it's sad that we have to have this talk in, in, our, in our society today. But uh, what she, she likes to run away in stores. Anybody have a kid that likes to try to get away from you? And, and she likes to hold it. Brother Mike Bilbrey said, I got a kid like that. <laughs> Amen, brother. Uh, but, but she likes to run away. And I had to tell her about a human atrocity called, called trafficking, kidnapping. I said, I said sweetheart, there, somebody will snatch you if you're not careful. And what a world that we live in. Think about this, that there are parents right now that don't know where their children are. And they're suffering through that. And, and we think about the suffering that goes on with starvation. And, and as, as we sat around our Thanksgiving tables and had an overabundance of food, we probably threw a lot of food away or sent a lot of to-go plates home or whatever. And we don't like to, to think about this, but obviously there's people somewhere starving, Right? And they're suffering. They would love to come sit at your Thanksgiving table, but yet, but yet they, they can't do that for whatever reason. We think about all the chaos and, and all the crime in the world and all these awful things, just, just all this suffering. And, and that, that, those are things outside of us, really. I, I've never personally dealt with kidnapping or human trafficking or, or starvation or anything like that. Never really I had to deal with crime and, and, uh, personally myself. But then we also have suffering inside of our lives, inside the sphere or the bubble that we live in. Things like family issues, we suffer through those. Now, I'm not just talking about people coming to Thanksgiving. I'm talking about uh, people, uh, marriages that people are not getting along. Did you know that there's some people in this world that actually are not, they don't enjoy being married to their spouse? Everybody knows that, right? And and you don't don't be looking around at your spouses, okay? That's that's not cool right now. But but as we we know that some people just don't enjoy it. Some people are suffering through marriage. Some people are just staying married for the sake that their kids are not through school yet, or or whatever an, an excuse. And and some kids they suffer at home because their their parents' marriage is bad. And and some parents suffer because their children are are out in the world and they're living a bad life and they're doing this and they're doing that. And and there's a lot of suffering that goes on. Would you say amen to that? I mean, we we deal with it. Every day, and, and it may be small or it may be major, it may be just a life-changing event, but we're all going through unpleasant things. And then we all know how, how the, the suffering that comes with, with the death of a loved one feels. And nobody likes to face that, nobody enjoys that. And in this particular context in 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, the, the suffering was persecution. But these people dealt with other things besides persecution. These, these first century Christians, these people that had been saved under the, the ministry of Peter and these churches that had been formed, they were still going through things. They still dealt with stuff just like you and I do. They were, they were not immune to any of these sufferings that we have. And so Peter, he said, beloved, he, he, he wants, to, wants them to know that he cares about them. That's what that word beloved, it carries with it the weight of Peter's love. It carries with it that, that he has compassion for them. He says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing 
happened to you? And then he goes on to mention suffering four times. And what suffering does, nobody likes suffering, right? We've established that. But what suffering a lot of times does and what it causes is a lot of questions. We start, we're trained to question everything. I, I, I don't know where it is, but I was watching a, a video uh, uh, several years ago, maybe when I was a teenager, and maybe it was in school, but the, the, the thing, the, the video said this, it says, question everything. And that's what we're sort of trained to do. We want to know why. We want to we understand what's going on, and, and we want to understand and unpack this thing of suffering. So the first question, I'm just going to throw some questions out and hopefully we can answer these things through a biblical lens this morning. And when I sit down to study a sermon, I'm always asking myself several questions. And they are this, the first one is where? Where did suffering come from? Where did, where did this originate? I mean, surely God did not create suffering. Well, you know where suffering came from? Suffering came from the book of Genesis chapter number 3. It came from the original sin. The reason that we suffer, the reason that we go through what we go through on a daily basis or a monthly basis or some people have been going through for years, the reason that we have to deal with that is just simply because of the original sin, because the curse is upon us. And it's not necessarily a pleasant thing to think about. We're under a curse. You know, you, you think about when you were a little kid or maybe on TV, you see witches, they're casting spells and they're, they're cursing people. And, and you can even go to like parts of Louisiana and think about Julia and, and Haiti and they'll put curses on you down there, won't they, Julia? Will they do that? And, and it's, they, I mean, they try to hurt you. And that's what the, the, the sin curse does to us every single day is it causes anguish. It causes these atrocities. If you get to the root of everything and where that, that causes suffering, if you skin everything away and trim it down, you know what you'll find at the root of it? Sin. It may not necessarily be your sin, but it's going to be sin, Right? All those things that we talked about, the, the, the atrocities and all these things, it's going to be caused at least by the original sin. And by the way, let me add this, that sometimes, not always, but sometimes, we cause our own suffering. Wouldn't you agree with that? Sometimes we cause ourselves to suffer. Sometimes we do things that, uh, pardon my language here, but sometimes we do stupid things, and we cause ourselves suffering, and we cause ourselves heartache. But so many times we don't. So many times we're just trying to live a good life. Live like Jesus instructed us to live. Live like a Christian. And yet it finds us. So that's where it came from. It came from the original sin. That's where. And then the next question I like to ask myself on every sermon is, is who does this apply to? Because when I read through the Bible, as, and, and when you're reading your Bible, you should ask yourself similar questions to this. Who is, who is this meant to talk to? Well, first thing we see is that he's talking to the beloved, right? He's talking to the people that know God. Now, we shouldn't be surprised that wicked people suffer, right? I mean, a lot of times when wicked people suffer, we say, well, they're just paying for their sin, 
The, the reason they're in this condition is because they're just paying for what they've done. But what about people that live right? What about people that try to do God's will and people that, that try to live in the center of God's will? Do they suffer too? Well, absolutely they do. I think about the book of Acts chapter number 9 and verse number 16. Right after the Apostle Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, God spoke to the prophet Ananias. And he said, you've, you've got to go down uh, and, and tell Paul some things. And verse number 16 of Acts, number nine, of Acts chapter 9 says this. It says, For I will show him, God will show the Apostle Paul, how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, that, that seems hard to swallow, doesn't it? That, that the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest writers, probably the greatest writer in the New Testament, was about to have to suffer for the name of Christ. In fact, if you get to verse 14 in our reading, let's, let's back up to read verse 13. It says, But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering." that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Everybody has to deal with suffering. Now here's what Satan likes to do. Satan likes to isolate you and he likes to play this little game where he makes you think that you're the only one that's ever dealt with what you're dealing with have you ever felt that way when you're when you're in the midst of suffering when you're going through a hard time or dealing with something that you don't want to deal with whether that be the death of a loved one or or whatever it may be that we talked about or family issues or or all these things and what satan will do is he'll isolate you and he'll whisper some things in your ear and he'll tell you well you're at this by yourself even and, and he'll start he'll start playing things like well where's god at you know, if God, if God loves you, you wouldn't be going through this. Maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But it's going to happen to everyone. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. That whether you're lost or you're saved, guess what? You're going to have to suffer at some point. Y'all are thinking, man, this is not going real good. But it's the truth, right? I, I mean, if you want to look at suffering, you just, you just look over the past 18 months, look over the past couple of years. I mean, there's been so much suffering in the world. People dying because of this awful virus. There's been families that are suffering. Our church has suffered with the loss. I mean, we all suffer. When? Next question. When? When is it coming to me? When am I going to have to deal with it? I don't know when it's coming. Some people in here have not dealt with a whole lot of suffering in their life. I'll just tell you that I've been pretty fortunate in my life. I'm not trying to, to brag or, or anything like that, but I've not dealt with a whole lot of suffering. I mean, I've dealt with some things, but I've not. But but you know, it, it it's it indefinitely guaranteed something will come your way, and nine times out of ten, you won't see it coming. 
Now, you may see things like somebody's death coming. You know, they may be getting sick. And, and, but, but a lot of things that we deal with, a lot of suffering that we go to, it just, it just seemingly just comes out of left field and hits us out of nowhere. It's coming, right? And then the next thing that we like to ask, well, when we're going through something, when will this end? Some of you have been suffering for a long time, right? Anybody in here that's got something like chronic pain, you don't have to raise your hand, but I see Sister Holly sitting there, and I know she got back problems. And a lot of you have a lot of chronic pain. Have you ever asked yourself or said to yourself, I wish this would just go away? Like you pray sometimes and you say, God, would you please take this away? When is this going to be over with? And so we begin to ask and we begin to question even the Apostle Paul, we know in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, even asked God three times to remove the thorn in the flesh, right? He was saying, God, when is this thing going to end? And, and according to the Bible, it doesn't seem that it ever did. In fact, some of us, get this, will even have to suffer to the grave. That's not a pleasant thought, is it? It's really not. It, it, this, is not some, this is not one of those shout sermons. This is, this is just the truth that, that some people will just have to suffer until the end. And then the, the question, probably the most prevalent question is this one. Why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me in particular? Because I was doing good, God. I was trying to live right, and I was trying to, to do this and that, live my life to the best of my ability. Why would something like this happen to someone like me? And then that leads us to that next question that I alluded to earlier. And, and this is actually, understand this, this is one of the leading reasons why people turn their back on the faith. It's because of this question right here. Why would a loving God let suffering go on in the world like it does. And they'll say things like, well, if God was really in control, then surely He would put a stop to human trafficking. Surely He would put a stop to murder. Surely He wouldn't let His people be martyred for their faith. Surely this and this and this would not happen if God just really loved us like He said. And there's, there's been several high-profile, I'll say, Christians that have begun to question, and they have completely left the faith simply because of suffering. Suffering. We don't like it. We don't enjoy it. But yet it's something that we're all going to have to deal with, so we might as well talk about it, right? It's, it's like one of those things that we like to kind of keep pushed out of sight and we don't like to, to bring it out and, and sh- you know talk about We don't talk about our suffering. We like to talk about the things that are going well in our lives, don't we? We like to talk about how the kids are growing and, and how things are or how much food we had over Thanksgiving and talk about all these great things. But our suffering is something that, that everybody deals with and yet a lot of times we don't talk about it. And yet everybody is going through it. I'd say there's a lot of people suffering that are going through things that, that I don't know about, that you don't know about, and, and, and so we tend to overlook those things. And so the last question, and this is where we'll basically go and, and really dive into this. We know where it came from. We know who's going to suffer. 
We don't know really when it's going to come, but we know it is coming. And then we say, well, why is this happening to me? And why would a loving God let this happen? And then the last question I'll ask, really, really simple question is how? How can we deal with this? How can we get through this? I mean, surely if we suffer, there, there's got to be a reprieve. There's got to be something that allows us to get through this. Something that allows us to, to get to the other side. As I said, the suffering in the dictionary means to go through something or to undergo something. So surely if it means to go through it, then there's got to be an, uh, the other side, right? There's got to be, you know, there's a valley on the, or a mountain on this side and a mountain on this side, and we're in the valley. How do we get to the other mountain? And we ask ourselves that question. And, and the answer and is really, and this is what this whole text boils down to. Let's pick up it back at verse 17 if you've still got your Bible out or if you don't, I'll just read it. He says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And this, this judgment, it's not necessarily talking about the judgment of, of, uh, of lost and saved, but it's talking about the trials, the things that we go through. That's what the, the subject matter is here. He said, If this begins at the house of God, if it first begins at us, he said, what shall the end of them be that obey not the gospel of God? And then he goes on in verse 18 and says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, saved from what? Is he talking about their salvation? No, he's talking about saved from suffering. Then where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? If I stand here and think about it this morning that I know hopefully you know this too, that you're saved and on your way to heaven. I can say amen to that this morning. And that I have hope. And that I have, I have a future that, that awaits me. That I know that, that suffering is over. I think that's really one of the major reasons why people want to go to heaven. You know that? They want to see Jesus. You know, they want their mansion. They want the streets of gold. They want the river of life and all that. But one reason that I believe people look forward to going to heaven more than anything is that there will not be any suffering there. Amen? That there's no death, there's, there's nothing that can hinder us there, no heartache, no tears, nothing. And so we look forward to it. And so Peter says here, if, if the Christians have to deal with it, if, if we have to go through the suffering, he said we will have a reprieve. Why? Because of verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to what? The will of God. Oh man, that's hard to swallow sometimes. That we suffer according to the will of God. Let us commit the keeping of our souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. How do I get through this? How do I deal with this, this, this suffering that may never end? I hope that if you're dealing with something this morning, I hope that you, you can get an end to it on the earth, okay? I really do. I hope that if you've been dealing with something for weeks or months or perhaps even years, that you can pray and that God will take it away from you and that you'll get through it and you'll come out better, but you may not. So how, how do we deal with that? What do we do? Well, we just have to simply not just turn that over to God, but turn our whole self over to God and put our hope in Him. Because that's how I get through this. That's how I can, I can deal with things. Probably the biggest loss I've ever suffered is the loss of my mom back in 2014. Didn't really see it coming. It kind of came out of left field. Jerry and Anita Brown, they're here. They, Y'all didn't see it coming either, did you? And, and she just got sick in two weeks. Uh, she, or she got put in ICU, and in two weeks she was gone. 
And it hurt. I'm not going to lie. Anybody that's lost your mom, it hurts, don't it? Amen? Man, I was a mama's boy. And, and love my mother. And, uh, and, you know, boys are mama's boys for the most part. And I, I miss her. But I have hope that I'll see her again one of these days. I have hope that, that I, I know she's in heaven. She was saved, and so I know where she is. And so I, I, one of these days I have that hope to go see her, so I'm just going to give that to God and say, God, when this happens, help me to deal with it. Help me to, to be able to get through it, and, and I may suffer a little bit here, but, you know, one of these days it'll be over. When Jesus says, hey, what, what, however I may go, whether Jesus takes me out of here with the church or whether I grow old and die or have a car accident or whatever it is, one of these days when I stand before God and through the blood of Jesus Christ, He can look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter in and, and I can be reunited with her and reunited with the Lord and all those loved ones. It's over. The pain, it's over. It's done for. The, the suffering, it's gone. It's out of here. But what if you're not saved? Well, that's what Peter said. That's, he, said he said, if you're not saved, he said, he said it, it, the judgment's going to start with us. He said, we're going to deal with suffering. He said, but what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear in this picture? Could you imagine suffering all your life or at least part of your life, most of your life. And even if you have a pretty good life, even if all the bills are paid and the family's doing good and, and, and your belly's full and all this, and, and some things are going to hit you. To suffer on this earth is nothing compared to the eternal judgment of God. Amen? There's, a, there's an old movie, and I, I, I can't recall... Uh, what it is, but I forget a lot of things these days. I suffer through my own mind sometimes. But the movie said that, that you ain't seen nothing yet. You think, you think it's bad here? You think that the, the atrocities that we deal with and the pain and the distress and the, the losses and the unpleasantries that we have and all the chaos and the, the persecution, you think it's bad now? Just wait. Die without... God and see what kind of suffering you have to face then. Not pleasant, is it? It's not something that we want to think about, but you know what? It's reality. It's real. I believe that, that the, the eternal suffering is something that is as real as you and I sitting here today. Why would you want to suffer for eternity? And, and we may have to suffer here but I'm glad that it's going to be over with. I'm glad that I'm not going to have to deal with it for eternity. Our life is so, so short. Some of you that are 90, like Brother Albert, you say, well, even Brother Albert would look back over his life, and it's like you've gotten a 90 like that, brother. And I feel like I've gotten to my age like that, and life will soon be over. James says that our life is just a vapor. That it's just a just a little bit of just a little bit of steam that appears in the air and then it's gone, but it doesn't dissipate. It doesn't go away. And for the people of God, one of these days, as long as we do what commit the our, the keeping of our souls to Him, we'll be fine. It'll be over with. One of these days, I'll get to take this body off, put on a glorified body, and see the faithful. Creator, 
Christian, I'll just tell you, if you're suffering this morning, know that I'm praying for you. I don't know what all's going on in people's lives. I, I've, I'll just be honest with you. I've got a little sneak peek of the things that some people deal with, and it's hard to swallow sometimes. And I pray. And I hope you pray for each other. One of the major themes in the book of Peter is that, that we pray for each other and that we lift one another up before God. We need to pray through our sufferings. But most of all, I pray for the lost people. Somebody said in prayer room this morning that the simplest words that you could ever say, just remember the lost. Remember the lost. I, I don't want anybody to be lost. I don't want my worst enemy to have to deal with the suffering that is coming for eternity without God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you. And, and Lord, I hope people have, have understood the gravity of what your word said this morning. And that hopefully it, it, it sobered us up a little bit and helped us to be serious. And know that, that we do deal with things and that we hurt and we, we have so many pains in this life. But Lord, I'm thankful we just passed Thanksgiving, Lord, if there's, if there's anything I'm thankful for, it's for my salvation. That one of these days that I'll be rescued from this sinful world and that the curse of sin will be wiped away when I go to see you. And I thank you for my hope. But God, for those that are here today with, with no hope, that don't know you as their Savior, God, I pray that you deal with their soul. Lord, I pray for conviction. And maybe this, uh, this thought of suffering that they have just a little taste of right now, that to know that, that it will continue if they don't do something with Jesus and accept Him as their Savior. And God, I pray that the Holy Spirit will just have His way moving this service and God will glorify you for what is done in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.